Welcome to the perfect place for imperfect people. This is the Local Church Podcast, and we hope this message both challenges and encourages you. Here's today's message. Let me start by saying Merry Christmas. Thank you. I appreciate that. Very kind. And uh, my name is Garland. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, we also want to welcome those who are watching online. We have a lot of folks who watch online. And the, the neat thing is we get to meet some of them sometimes. And some of them were able to come to some of our events, our wrap party. We got to meet some of you there. Thank you for being there and a part of that. And then also our familiar down at Everglades Correctional. And uh, Pastor Buddy leads that, and uh, he's our campus pastor there. And uh, guys, we're so glad that you're part of the local church and uh, that we get to share this time with you. Um, Well, a lot of things happen around Christmas, right? One of those things is travel. And, uh, you know, we go and we travel. People go to see family, friends, or maybe just a vacation thing. Nothing like a good Christmas vacation. How many of you are going to be traveling this year at Christmas? Let me see your hand. Raise them up high. All right, how many of you are excited about that? Okay, about half the hands went down. How about that? All right, well, I hope I didn't get you in trouble. Some of you are leaning over and hugging now and trying to make up for that. But, um, you know, as I was thinking about this, it reminded me of a trip that um, our family did a few years ago. My daughters were younger then, and we were going to meet my parents out in California and just kind of drive up and down the coast and see different things. And so we made all of our reservations, but we kept a couple of nights open because we didn't know where we were gonna hit as we were driving. And uh, so that night came along, and the place where we were, we went to uh, get a hotel, and we went to the first place, they were all booked up. And so we just kept going from place to place, and everything was booked. And we couldn't find a place. Finally, we find this hotel. It's the only one that we could find. It was like, that was it. And uh, so we got a couple of rooms, walked into the room, opened the door, smelled bad, all right? The floor was stained, it was dirty. I think they had the same bedspreads from when they opened in 1952. You know, they probably never washed them. Uh, The bathroom was nasty, it was just disgusting. I think we slept on top of the bed in our clothes that night, and uh, I lost a lot of credits with our family that day, you know? And that's just the way it was, right? But it seemed like no matter where we went, there was no room in the inn. Was that awesome? What a great lead-in, huh? All right. Well, that is not the title to our message today, all right? But as we continue our series, Deck the Halls, the title for our message today is, There's Always Room in This Inn. There's Always Room in This Inn. And uh, we're going to kind of have an overview of the Christmas story but we're gonna focus on the inn and we're gonna find that the inn is more than just a place to stay in Bethlehem. There's way more to it than that. All right, let me ask you another question. How many of you are completely ready for Christmas? You're ready to go. Wow, you guys are good. All right, I think I've got like three gifts left. I know where I'm going, I know when I'm going. It'll take me 10 minutes. That's my idea of shopping, all right? And uh, thank God for Amazon and uh, those other, some of you don't like it, I love it. I haven't been in a mall in years, and my intention is never to go back again. And it'll be more room for you, so enjoy, all right? But we often talk about how busy we get at Christmas, right? And there's a lot of truth in this, a whole lot of truth. We can get so busy doing Christmas that we miss out on the true reason of Christmas. And it can happen quick if we're not careful. And it's the shopping, it's the decorating, it's getting the kids in and out of school, it's the parties, it's team night, it's the wrap party, 
It's uh, giving and receiving gifts. It's travel we talked about. And there's nothing wrong with these things. Matter of fact, all these things are good. And maybe things we need to do. But if we're not careful, we get so many things going that it just consumes us. And at some point, we've got to learn to say no. My wife and I, we had to, to do that this week to a couple of things, things we wanted to be a part of, but it was just too much. We get to a place where there's no room in our end if we're not careful, and we're gonna miss that true meaning of Christmas. Well, the truth is, this has been going on for a long time. It didn't just start today. As a matter of fact, it started with the very first Christmas. So I wanna ask you to look at Luke chapter two, if you would, and we're gonna kinda read the Christmas story a little bit here and there, and uh, it'll give us an overview of what we're talking about here. Look in verse one, Luke chapter two. It says, at that time, Augustus Caesar sent out an order to all people in the countries under Roman rule they must list their names in a register. This was the first registration. It was taken when Quirinius was the governor of Syria and all went to their own towns to be registered. So Joseph left Nazareth, the town in Galilee, went to the town of Bethlehem in Judea, known as the town of David. Joseph went there because he was from the family of David. Joseph registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was now pregnant. We know that she was pregnant with Jesus. It says, while they were in Bethlehem, the time came for Mary to have the baby, and she gave birth to her first son. Because there were no rooms left in the inn, she wrapped the baby with pieces of cloth and laid him in a feeding trough. And so as we look at this, the first person that we see that missed Christmas was the innkeeper. Now we talk about the innkeeper a lot when it comes around Christmas, and in verse seven it says, because there were no rooms left in the inn. But to understand this, I think we have to take a look at Mary. So let's look at Mary real quick. What was going on with Mary? Well, the first thing's pretty obvious, she was pregnant, all right? And, and she was with child. And so as they went to the innkeeper looking for a place, he had to have seen this. And, and this is hard to miss most of the time, right? I was in Starbucks the other day and a lady came in and it was obvious that she was with child. Poor thing, she looked like she was miserable. And I just kind of caught her eye, I smiled and she looked at me and she just, you know, shaking her head. And uh, I just kind of like, bless you and went on my way, all right? I'll explain why in a moment, all right? Some of the ladies around here have given birth this year. We celebrate that. There's others who are gonna be giving birth in the next few months, pretty exciting. We're in a church where we, we grow by birth sometimes, which is an awesome thing. There's a lady that I thought was pregnant, but she informed me quickly she wasn't after I said something. That's a true story, all right? It was a long time ago when I was young and foolish. And um, here's some wisdom for all of us, and especially for men. Don't ever ask a lady if she's pregnant. Just don't, okay? I don't care how obvious it is. It's just, it's bad. If she wants you to know, she can tell you or she can, you know, whatever. Just leave them alone, all right? And uh, you'll get that if you ever ask, all right? But the first thing is Mary is pregnant and all the things that go along with that. Uncomfortable, miserable. She, she can't find a place to sit and because, all the things that go along with it. Here's the other thing. She was alone. She was alone. Now, I know that Joseph was with her, but listen to this. Look in verse seven. It says, and she gave birth to her first son because there were no rooms left in the inn. She wrapped the baby with pieces of cloth. She laid him in a feeding trough. There were no friends and family there. There were no midwives. There was no ER down the street. 
There was no one helping her with her breathing. I remember I went to those classes. What, what were they called? Le, yeah, that thing. All right. I thought it was Le Mans. I thought it was like a car race or something. And went in there and they're like teaching you how to breathe. And uh, then when our babies were born, I forgot how to do that. So I just made up raps like, mm mm you know, my wife hit me. I don't know. Part of life, she really didn't hit me. But um, Mary didn't have all of that. She had Joseph, but he was young. I'm sure he was scared. I remember when our daughters were born, we had a lot of people there. My parents were there, my wife's parents were there, we had friends there, family, we had doctors, nurses, we had everything we needed. We were over at Memorial Regional, great hospital. But for Mary, there was Joseph and a feeding trough. Now Zed. So where was the innkeeper? Didn't he see what was going on? I mean, didn't he hear the groans and the moans uh, of a mother giving birth? I mean, he didn't have a TV on or anything like that back then. Where was his wife? I mean, did he reject Christ? Because in the Old Testament, it said, it said that would happen. In Isaiah 53, 3, it says, he was despised and rejected by men. In the message, it says, he was looked down on and passed over. Talking about Jesus. Did the innkeeper reject him or was he just busy? And I don't think we always reject Jesus on purpose, but we still do. We still do sometimes. It was a busy time of year for the innkeeper. It was the census. People were everywhere. He was fully booked. He was probably preoccupied. And for all we know, he may have been a very kind gentleman and went out of his way to help them. But he was just busy. <clears throat> it's busy now, isn't it? I mean, I'm busy. I'll be honest with you, I'm tired. Looked at my wife a couple nights ago and she just looked at me, she goes, I'm tired. And I said, me too. You know what? You're busy. You're tired too. And it's because of this time of year, we just run harder, it seems like. But a lot of times, this is when we reject Jesus. And we don't have anything left for him. So let's not be so busy that we miss Christmas. Let's not be so busy that we leave Jesus out. Let's make room for him. Now the innkeeper wasn't alone in missing the first Christmas. There were others that missed it too. The first one that comes to mind is King Herod. <clears throat> and with him, it's a different situation. For him, there was fear, there was jealousy, there was insecurity. Look at Matthew chapter two, verse three. It says, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard about this, all right? And we're talking about when he heard from the wise men that the Messiah was gonna be born. He didn't like that because he wanted to be king. And it says, as was everyone in Jerusalem, the religious leaders, those people, he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? And fear and jealousy and insecurity lead to bad things, evil things. And look at verse 13, it says, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is gonna search for the child to kill him. And so Herod missed it. The religious leaders, they missed it too, the, the chief priests and scribes, and there was a prideful indifference on their part. You see, they were in charge of religion. And if Jesus came along, it shifted to him. And they wanted to be in charge. 
And it's pretty sad whenever you're supposed to be the one leading towards the Messiah, towards Jesus, and then you get upset when he comes. They missed it. And all of Jerusalem, it was about religious ritual and traditions. We just sang about that. The Romans, for them, it was idolatry. They had their own gods. All these people missed it, and it was right in front of them. And they missed out on Jesus. They chose not to believe. They missed the greatest event that had ever taken place. But there were a few that got it. There were a few that didn't miss it. And with that, let's look at the two that it was very obvious, Mary and Joseph, all right? After the wise men had come, the shepherds, all this stuff, here's Mary. And look at what it says about Mary, Luke 2, 19. It says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary realized what was going on. She didn't miss it. And she took all that was going on and she treasured it in her heart. She put it in there so she could always remember what had taken place and how God chose her and how the Holy Spirit worked through her. Joseph and Mary, they were ready for God to work in their lives. Matthew 1.19, it says, Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. He's a godly man. He was ready. They were pure and holy in the eyes of God. Luke 1.30, it says, the angel said to her, talking about Mary, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And Mary and Joseph, they were in the middle of all of it, but they were ready for it. They didn't miss it. And then the shepherds. And I love the story about the shepherds. So let's read about the shepherds. It's a lengthy passage, but it's so good. Look in verse eight of Luke chapter two. It says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. I mean, imagine if you were out in the middle of the field at night and all of a sudden angels and the glory of the Lord lights up. Every, you'd be afraid too. I would be. It says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into the heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go. <laughs> they were ready. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all the things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as it had been told to them. Write this down in your notes if you would. When we experience the presence of Jesus, we can't help but worship and praise him. And that's what happened with the shepherds. They saw Jesus. They saw the Messiah. They experienced the angels, but after they saw Jesus, it says that they returned glorifying and praising God. And that's what Jesus does to our lives. He changes us. They didn't keep all the, the cleansing rituals. The shepherds were not viewed in high regards 
Most people looked down on them, but they carried this great message. They didn't participate in all the ceremonies. They watched sheep, smelly, stinky sheep. It's who the shepherds were. They smelled bad. They smelled like sheep because they were with them all the time. They slept with them. If they went to a Christmas party without even looking up, people would go, whoa, the shepherds are here, you know? <laughs> and they watched over sheep on the hillside where history tells us that sacrifices were made in the temple. And now here they were coming to see and worship the Lamb of God that would be the ultimate sacrifice for your sins and mine. And they worshiped him. They didn't miss it. And then there's the wise men. Matthew chapter two, verse 11, it says, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. They worshiped a baby. These were wise men. And they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts. And the wise men, they traveled far, probably weeks, maybe even months, so that they would not miss the birth of Jesus. It was so important to them and they didn't miss it. And then there was a the drummer boy. He brought his best drum and he, he probably beat the fool out of it, marching like he was presenting royalty. That's not true. Come on, you guys, all right? So you believe anything, all right? That's not in the Bible, all right? I just threw that in there, okay, to see if you're paying attention. <laughs> so you can X out the drummer boy. He didn't exist, great song, okay? So be careful what you believe, all right? But here's a great one. Listen to this, Simeon. This is so cool. Luke chapter two. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly awaiting the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. What a promise. Verse 27, that day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came present the baby Jesus to the Lord as law required, Simeon was there. And he took the child in his arms and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations and he is the glory of your people Israel. Simeon didn't miss it. And there's Simeon, and while he's holding the baby, this lady named Anna comes up. Look in Luke chapter two, verse 36. There was a prophetess, Anna. She came along just as Simeon was talking to Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. There were those who were ready. They were ready in their heart. And all these who got it, they didn't miss Christmas. And the reason why is they chose to believe. They chose to believe. They had room in their inn. They made room for the Messiah. They were ready for Christmas. Write this down if you would in your notes as well. There was one thing that all who didn't miss Christmas had. Their hearts were open and ready to hear from God. And you know what? If we can put ourselves in that place then God will speak to us and he'll lead us. And, and I wonder sometimes how much we miss because our hearts are not open and ready. What do we miss out on? 
So how can we be ready for Christmas? I wanna give you four things this morning. How can we be ready for Christmas? Here's the first thing. Four things we can do to keep our inn open, all right? Here's the first thing. Understand that we are all innkeepers. Understand that we're all innkeepers. I don't care who you are, you're an innkeeper, all right? Write this down. We are all innkeepers. And really, we have several rooms that we keep in our lives. There's a lot of things that we hold on to. So I, I just kind of want to focus on three of those ends today, all right? And for some of us, our ends are open. For others, maybe they're closed. Maybe a few are open, others are closed. And it hap life happens. And maybe there's hurt, maybe there's bad experience and it's closed some ends for you. For others, you've had a great life, you're open. I don't know. But here's what I know. We all have ends in our life and they need to be open for Christ. So here's the key ends in our lives. Let me give you three. All right, here's what we're gonna look at. Here's some key ends in your life. The first one is your life. It's you. It's your heart. Okay? It's what you're about. It's what lives in you. Okay? Here's the second one. It's your home. That's your family. That's the thing that's close to you. It's even friends that fit into that. And then the third end is your world. That's the things you surround yourself with. It's work. It's maybe the school that your kids go to, the things you're involved in. It's your church. It's if you call the local church home, it's here. And an important question here is, who or what are you letting in your in? So we need to look at that because we're all innkeepers. And so we're gonna talk more about that in just a moment. But understand that we are all innkeepers. We have ends in our life. Here's the second thing. We need to know what Christmas is about. And I think an easy answer for us there is like, yeah, I know what Christmas is about, but do you really? I mean, do you really understand it and have you taken time to, to ponder it in your heart like Mary? Christmas is all about Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. And we celebrate the birth of our Savior. In Luke 2.11, it says, this very day in King David's hometown, a Savior was born for you. He is Christ the Lord. He's Christ the Lord. God gave us his greatest gift, and it was his son, Jesus. It was a gift to you and I. And with that gift comes salvation. And this is the reason we give. We give our greatest gift because of what God did for us. We give our lives, we give our home, we give our worlds. We give those ends that are important to us. We give our greatest gift each year as an example of what God has done for us. And here at the local church, we encourage you to give your greatest gift each year. Let the greatest gift that you give be the one you give to Jesus. Let that be the biggest one that you do. And this year, for us here at the church, we're focusing on three of the biggest needs in our community as it aligns with scripture. And that's widows and orphans, the poor and undeserved, counseling and support. And those are the things that we wanna be involved in and that's what your greatest gift this year will help with. Let me give you some highlights of what has taken place so far, and there's gonna be more to come. Here's some of what we've been able to do. Been able to bless a widow so that she can spend Christmas with her family. It's gonna be the first time in three years. And we're able to bless her because of your greatest gift. We've empowered several single moms, and we'll do more, to bless their children with needs and gifts. And when I say empowered, here's what we mean by that. We don't pick out gifts for them. We give them the things that they need so they can go buy the gifts for their children. It comes from them, not us. We're empowering them. 
so that our children see that mom did that. And it's so important. And that's what Greatest Gift is doing. We've been able to help several veterans in our community with gifts and needs and food. We'll continue to do that. This week, a gentleman came by my office and donated a car for a single mom. It's his greatest gift. He gets it. We're giving thousands of gifts to children in the name of Jesus. That starts tomorrow at West Hollywood Elementary. And this whole week, we're gonna be giving those gifts to a lot of children. And every year, principals and teachers come up and say, thank you, if you didn't do this, a lot of these kids wouldn't get a gift. And we're doing it in the name of Jesus. Blessing a single mom and her seven-year-old son named Levi. We prayed for him earlier. I wanna tell you a story real quick about Levi. You know, our neighbors, they do the pumpkin patch. We get so excited about that because it helps our traffic and it's just a, it's awesome, isn't it? All right? You know what? Sometimes it can be a little frustrating, <clears throat> but listen to what happened. A couple from our church, they were leaving. They head out to their car. They're getting in their car and this mom and her little boy gets out of their car. They parked in our parking lot to go over to the pumpkin patch. So instead of this couple saying, hey, hey, you can't park here, <clears throat> excuse me, they struck up a conversation. The little boy came up to the window. His name was Levi. And they just start talking to Levi. And in this conversation, they talked to them about our church, what they're doing, and they said, hey, is there something we can pray for you about? And the mom says, actually, there is. Levi needs a transplant. And we've been praying for that to happen. And so... They prayed with them, they exchanged phone numbers, and they've stayed in touch. And this past week, Levi had his transplant. Amen. Still in the hospital. But because this couple decided that they were gonna be the hands and feet of Jesus, we have a relationship with Levi and his mom now. Levi even sent us a video this week thanking us for praying for him. Just sweetest little video. And you know what? Because of your greatest gift, we're gonna gift them and we're gonna make sure they have Christmas this year. And it's because of that gift. It all goes back to Jesus being the greatest gift ever. It's showing others who Jesus is by what we do, being the hands and feet of Jesus. And there's more that's gonna come with this. So we encourage you, give your greatest gift with gratitude and generosity because that's what helps us make a difference in this community where God has placed us. Your greatest gift gives us the opportunity to give away God's greatest gift, and that's Jesus. That's what it's about. This is the reason we celebrate giving our greatest gift. Here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. Let God be the one that leads you. Let God be the one that leaves you. Don't give in to the stress, the busyness. If you do, you're gonna remiss, or you're gonna miss what you're being busy about, and that's Christmas. You know, I can remember when I was probably eight, nine years old. My dad had an appendix attack and he had to get his appendix taken out. And so they rushed him to the hospital and he had emergency surgery. And after the surgery, a lot of people came to the hospital to visit him, friends, family, people from our church. And uh, they wouldn't let me go in because I was under 12. Back then they had that rule. And so there were all these people in my dad's hospital room and I was just in the lobby by myself. So I went outside and I walked all the way around the hospital until I found my dad's room. And I was looking in the window at all these people and they were laughing and they were on the other side of it and my dad was doing well. And uh, 
Finally, one of them saw me and they go, oh, look, and they opened this little window. And, but here's the thing. I was on the outside looking in. And I felt left out. Even though I was a little guy and I didn't understand it all, I felt left out. And here's what I would say is, don't get left on the outside. Come on in. The difference between those who missed the first Christmas and those who got it is they knew God and that he was the one leading them. And if you don't have Jesus in your heart, you're missing out on that. You see, when you let God lead in your life, you will be ready for what he brings you. And that's what happened with Mary and Joseph. And if we don't take care of the stress and busyness and get it out of the way, we're gonna be left on the outside. And we've gotta be ready to let God lead us. He's gotta be the one that leads in our life. And then here's the fourth room. Here's the fourth thing. Make room in your end. You wanna celebrate Christmas? Make room in your end. Let's look at those three things. Here's the first one. Make room in your life. It's what's in your heart. It's what's in your heart. Don't get caught in the hype. Make room for Jesus. And the question that I would ask you right now is, have you made room for Jesus? I mean, is he in your heart? Or have you just heard about him and he's kind of over there? Because if he's not in your heart, you're missing out. You're on the outside. And there's no reason for you to be there. Because that can all change with just a simple prayer. Prayer that I prayed many, many years ago when I just looked up and I said, God, I'm a sinner and I need you. I want you to come in my heart. I want you to be my savior the day I give my life to you. And he came in my heart. And I would just love to give you that opportunity right now before we even continue on. Can we close our eyes and just bow our heads for a moment? And you know what? If you're here today and that's a step that you've never taken, if you've never asked Jesus to step into your heart to take over your life, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. And if you just mean that in your heart, then just repeat this prayer after me and say it to God and just say, God, I'm a sinner. I mess up, I make mistakes, but I need you. And I don't wanna miss this Christmas. I don't wanna miss the true meaning of it. I wanna ask Jesus to step into my heart. I want him to come into my end. And so today I'm giving my life to you. I'm giving it all to you. I accept you as my savior. If you pray that prayer, would you just raise your hand up for a moment? You just raise your hand, just lift it straight up. Awesome. Can I just pray for you real quick? Bless your hearts. Father, we love you and thank you so much for those who have opened their end to you today. Father, thank you for those who have received you for the first time. They've given their life to you. I pray you would bless them. I pray that this Christmas would be just totally different for them because you're in the middle of it. Father, thank you that you give us away. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can we give a hand to those who prayed that prayer? <laughs> Couple more points will be done. Here's the next one, make room in your home. Make room in your home. Remember we talked about the home, you know? And, and, and when we talk about our life, that's our heart. When we talk about our home, that's our family. That's our friends. Hear this, when we open the doors of our home, we're teaching our children to love others. Please hear that. 
You know, when you open the doors of your home, that's your personal life, and you let others inside of that, you're teaching not just even your children, but even those around you, you're teaching people to love others the way Jesus does. And that's huge. So open the end of your home and make room in that. The reason you make room in your end is so that you won't miss Christmas, but also that those around you won't miss it either. We get to share that with those around us. And the greatest for us, way for us to share that gift is by opening the doors to our end. And that's also the one in your home. And then here's the third thing, make room in your world. Make room in your world. When we make room in our end, it keeps us from focusing on ourselves. You see, we serve Christ by serving others. And here's what I mean by your world. What is in your world? It's your family, it's your friends, your neighbors, it's your workplace, it's your home. It's even your church. This is part of your home. This is a part of your world. And we need to make room here. And that's why we started today by saying, there's always room in this end. Please hear me. The next four services that we're gonna have on Friday and Saturday of this week, there will be people willing to come here that don't come to church at any other time of year. And we need to make room for them. There's always room in this end because we want them to hear the story about Jesus. So here's my question. Do you have these invite cards? You have these? Pass them out. And some of you might say, you know what? I give those out and only one out every 10 people can. Well, give 100 out because then 10 people will, okay? Give these things out. Share them with people. When you go out to eat, leave them with your tip. Only if you're tipping well. If you don't tip well, please don't give them our card. Okay, but if you're a good tipper, leave a card, all right? Leave an extra good tip, it's Christmas. Here's how you can help. Invite, invite, invite. Invite people to come. Invite them to come and sit with you. Here's the second thing, participate. Serve if you're not serving. If you wanna serve, see Karen on your way out. She'll be in the lobby and she'll help you get signed up for that. Be aware of what's going on. Scoot over. If somebody, if you're sitting there, there's two seats beside you, two seats here. Somebody with three comes in, scoot over. Don't make a mess, just be aware, okay? Look over and go, hey, let's make some room. Welcome. You know, especially if you've never seen them, maybe they're guests. Maybe they're here so they can hear about Jesus for the first time. Smile. Help us welcome people. Here's the third thing, pray. Pray for the people serving, pray for the people coming, including you, including me, that our hearts will be open. And then here's the fourth thing, celebrate the birth of Jesus. Let's celebrate together. When we sing, let's sing loud. Let's worship together. Invite, participate, pray, and celebrate. Let's deck the halls with all of this. That's what makes the difference. You know, we're gonna have people coming to our Christmas services that are a lot like Mary. They feel awkward. They feel like people are staring at them. Maybe they're nervous, a little scared. Maybe they even feel alone in a room full of people. They feel awkward. But we can change all of that by making room in our end. We can change all of that just by being kind and smiling and saying welcome. By saying, come sit with me. Let's not miss Christmas. Let's give it away. Let's give it away. You see, the reason that you make room in your inn is so you won't miss Christmas. 
but it's so those around you won't miss it either. There's always room in this inn. Always room in this inn. So let's fill this place up. Let's share Jesus this year, okay? Thank you for listening to the Local Church Podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you learned today. You can connect with us at thelocalchurch.com or by searching The Local Church on your favorite social media platforms. We hope you join us next week for a brand new episode. And remember, you matter to God and you matter to us.